things might not feel right, but it might not feel right at that moment. Doesn't mean it won't be right later. So I think if you've got sort of ideas, um, you know, it's almost planting those seeds, just keeping them there. However, whatever works for you, whether it's journaling, post-it notes, recording your voice, whatever, just sort of, so you've got this sort of record of your ideas that you might return to later, but it's not a failure if you don't do it there and then. Because um, sometimes actually waiting until the time's right will, will make it more successful once you do do it. When it comes to your career, there really is no one formula for success. And if someone had asked me 20 years ago what career I would be working in today, I doubt I would have said employer branding, a career that didn't even exist at the time. Some of the best stories I've ever heard didn't follow a plan. They simply embraced the journey. And that's why I've created this podcast, to share the many career stories that have shaped the people behind them, and to encourage future generations to trust more in the process, instead of stressing over getting it right the first time. I'm Steve, and welcome to the My Career Story Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the My Career Story podcast with me, your host, Steve Key. Now, a slight change of plan for this week, normal service to resume next week for my LGBT History Month specials um, due to necessary rescheduling. Um, Instead, I've got the absolute pleasure, really, of being able to bring another wonderful guest to you today who was due to appear in March, uh, the owner and creator of What's Your Strength, Catherine Jenick. Um, who has designed some cards which help young people to recognise their skills and qualities and discover strengths that they didn't even realise that they had. Now, recruiting using strengths-based questioning in the early careers market is something that I'm very familiar with um, in the work that I've done previously at EY, but also in my role as an assessor with the charity Police now currently. And if I'd had these um, cards when I was 14, perhaps my own which career, no idea syndrome might have been a completely different story altogether. Um, Catherine's with me um, right now, um, and we're about to dive into the interview. I will warn you that, um, as I said last week, I'm at home at the moment currently dog-sitting, so I have my uh, lovely beagle Hugo with me. He does a bit of a tendency to have a bark if the postman, I think, comes, so he may make a guest appearance uh, whilst we're chatting. So Catherine wears many hats. Um, She's a mum, careers advisor, massage therapist, and most recently creator of What's Your Strength? a card activity to help young people recognise their own skills and qualities. Her desire to make a difference and empower others started at an early age. Since her teens, she's worked and volunteered in a wide variety of settings supporting young people. Throughout her career journey, her creative and innovative approach to supporting others has been recognised and celebrated. She's been used as a case study in a white paper for the Department of Education, nominated for an Excellent in Cities Award, One of her resources have been shared over one and a half thousand times with National Careers Week and Watch Your Strength has glowing reviews from young people and career professionals. She's uh, recently been shortlisted also for the Careers Advisor of the Year at the CDI Career Development Awards. Hello Catherine. Hello. (laughs) How are you today? I'm good. It feels very strange having somebody talk about me. It's like that. It's really weird. (laughs) (laughs) No, as we were saying before I hit record, that's the first time I've done it like that with a guest. You chop and change in there. And that was, I mean, it's therapeutic for me. It's got me in the mindset. And now I've put the pressure firmly in your court. So, balls in my court now. Exactly. (laughs) Which brings us to today's pod. So, um, Catherine, what's your career story? Well, it's funny. I was thinking, because I know obviously you asked that to all your guests. So, I was, when I was running the other day, I was thinking about how I might describe it. And it is actually a little bit like when I go running because I always have a sort of vague direction, but mm-hmm. I'll kind of go off piste every so often and just go and explore a little wood or a path that I've not been on before and then come back on to my main route. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel like with my career because if I, if I look back, right back to when I was like, you know, 18 uni, I always had this sort of, sort of, ideas of, sort of where I wanted to, so what kind of things I wanted to be doing, um, sort of things that were really important to me, things I was motivated by, things I really valued. Um, 
And as I've gone along my career, I've kind of shot off in another direction and sort of gone and explored something new or trained in something and then come back onto my path and then gone off and done something else. But each time I've sort of taken a little side path, I've, there's been a real sense of discovering something about myself or mm -hmm. um, learning a new skill, uh, exploring a new idea. But every time I've done that, I've come back onto my path almost like a, like a it's almost like a better person or more equipped to mm. navigate my, my career journey. If, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, it does. It's, it's making me think a little bit like walking my dog and kind yeah. of going off into the woods and him pulling in one direction and me yeah. another and stuff. That, that's where my mental image of it is. Yeah. But I think, I think again, like, and we've spoken to about this in the past, you know, I think this is how a lot of career journeys end up mm. and that sometimes they're the best career yeah. journeys, I think. Mm. And I think it can be a bit nerve-wracking because obviously I do a lot of work with young people and they're looking forwards onto their journeys and yeah. it can be quite nerve-wracking to 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 sort of trust that you'll you might wiggle around but it'll all be fine whereas for me looking back actually it's a really lovely thing to look at all the twists and turns and see that without those twists and turns I wouldn't be where I am now um, and it is something I talk to students a lot about. And I know in your description, you talk about trusting the process. And mm. that is so much about what I talk to young people about is the, you know, the, the career journey itself as a process rather than getting hung up on a, a job title or this really you know, clear path that they have to get right. Um, because life isn't like that. Um, and it's hopefully reassuring them that, they, that that's fine to trust that. Um, so it's been a really quite sort of therapeutic for me, actually, to, to look back because I spend so much time talking to other people about career journeys to actually really reflect on my own. It's been really interesting. Yeah, I can imagine. So where, where does your career journey start for you then? Um, so probably if I think back to when I was at uni, so I did um, psychology and social science at uni. Um, and whilst I was there, I had my sort of first taste of voluntary work, which has continued to be really important to me today. So I did two sort of main bits of voluntary work while I was at uni, partly because I'd sort of, I, I did, I do love to learn, but I'm not a natural academic. So I, I kind of wanted to sort of get my teeth into something real as well as just the learning side. So I did two lots of voluntary work. So one was for um, a department at the, in the university called Progression Partnerships, which is kind of, it was kind of like the widening participation team. Um, so students would go to, um, primary schools and secondary schools talk about you know what it's like to be at uni um, and I was a literacy assistant so I went into sort of primary schools and, and listened to children read so mm -hmm. that's probably also where I my interest in social mobility first came, right. came about as well um, but then I also did some voluntary work for the Nottingham Youth Offending Team so I did two different roles with them now one of them uh, one of them is called an appropriate adult, which is a funny one. So I don't necessarily think that <laughs> when I'm, you know, in the pub on a Friday night, I don't know whether I feel like an appropriate adult, but <laughs> that, was, that was the name of the role. But basically what that is, is <clears throat> um, if an under 16 is arrested and taken to the police station and they don't have an appropriate adult to come to be with them, right. for whatever reason, somebody's not available or they're estranged from their parents or whatever, um, and they don't have a carer available, um, there's a pool of appropriate adults that are called upon. Right. So I was one of those people. So I had a, it was a pager back at the, back at the time. There was no mobile phone. So you, I had a pager that would beep and I'd have to go to the Bridewell police station as it was and just sit with a young person in the cell or in the interview room and just be with them basically. Um, and I, again, I've sort of, done so much reflection when I've been planning for this and I was thinking that's probably where my interest of working on a one-to-one -one with people really came from um mm. I always knew I wanted to work with young people but I hadn't quite figured out how and in what way but it was really having that chance to sit with somebody on a one-to-one -one and hearing their story and you're not making assumptions about someone because actually we all have our own stories um, yeah. and it's not really until you sit with somebody on a one-to-one -one that you really can understand that and listen to their own you know their own journey their own stories and what life is like for them um, so yeah so I did that but then there was also this brilliant thing I did with youth offending team which was called the referral order um, panel uh, which was all about restorative justice so it was a group of 
uh, volunteers along with the youth vending team staff and they would bring together the person that had committed the crime and the victim of the crime and it was a very um, carefully managed meeting um, but it was a chance for the for the victim and the perpetrator of the crime to 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 have a dialogue and so the the person that committed the crime could see the um, consequences of their crime to a re with a real person rather than it just being like a faceless crime um, and that was fascinating um, and you could you know it didn't all it didn't always work as well as you know sort of you would hope but there were times where there was just this moment of realization that the crime that they'd committed had real impact on real people and you could there was this sort of moment of um remorse but real like you could see it you could you could see it happening in front of your eyes yeah. um so that was amazing so yeah so i did those and um so while i was at uni the connections as it was then came and did a talk at universe at the to my um department and i can remember thinking god this, this sounds amazing because uh, they had a role called personal advisor mm -hmm. so although it was the careers sort of um, service uh, the personal advisor role was so much broader than just just a careers advisor and i thought oh, this is brilliant this is this is perfect so i applied for a job it was one of their sort of mainstream careers advisor roles um and actually thank goodness i didn't get it and because i look back now and it was a blessing in disguise because I, little did I know at the time, a better job was going to come along for that company, but later on. Um, but it gave me, you know, my first proper interview experience and all that kind of thing. Um, and at the time, their interview process was, they had, you had an interview um, with uh, the company, but you also had an interview with young people, which was the most, one of the most nerve-wracking interviews I've ever had. <laughs> um, but a brilliant experience. Um, so yeah, so I didn't get that. So I went off and um, sort of, you know, pushed myself off and, you know, tried to find something else and, and signed up to a recruitment agency and did some work with a, a centre for adults with learning difficulties. And although it was a, it was a great job, I did really enjoy it. it I realised that's not what I wanted to do. And my heart was to be with young people, not, not adults. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that is an experience I talk to students about now. That actually, when you go and do any sort of work experience, if you find out you don't like it that is just as valuable as finding out that you do like something um, absolutely so actually it was a really important thing that i did and i'm glad that i had that experience um but then uh, so the, my first i suppose proper job that i had outside of uni was um I, oh my gosh i just loved it so much um it, so it was called transition learning mentor so the learning mentor um sort of initiative had been around for um, maybe uh, maybe just up to a year but then they'd started to bring in these sort of specialist learning mentors so there was a behavior learning mentor um, I can't remember what the other one was but mine was transition so it was specifically to support primary school children with their transition to secondary school and I just loved every single second of that job um, it was a brand new initiative which I now realize is how important that is to me in my job like when I look through my career journey the amount of times I've been involved in things that right from the start and I just love having the chance to sort of um, mold things and create things from scratch um, mm -hmm. and that was just uh, we were given you know at the time we had this you know, budget we, you know, we had money to spend we, we were given sort of the freedom to sort of um, kind of just do what we wanted really it was brilliant so um i had one of the probably the best manager i've ever had in my life in that job which was so lucky in my first proper job she just had so much trust and faith in me and sort of managed me from afar um was always there but gave me the sort of creative freedom to to explore my own ideas and that's exactly what i did so during that job I, I did all sorts. So I did things like um, scavenger hunts where like the year fives and sixes would come up and they'd have a, like an afternoon at the school and they had like a treasure hunt around the school to go and find certain things or departments or teachers. Um, and they just loved it. It was hilarious. Having all these little tiny children running around the school all afternoon. <laughs> um, and then I did like an after school science club. We did like a kind of CSI um, crime scene in the science rooms that they had to come and um, figure out. And all the work I did the whole way through year six with them 
we then displayed over the summer holidays. So it was all there ready in year seven. So when they started, they were surrounded by their own work. Um, so they had this sort of sense of ownership of the school as soon as they started. Mm -hmm. um, and then something else that I did while I was in that job, which I, <laughs> so I created this thing called the big book about secondary school okay. and I don't know whether you remember yourself when you were in primary school the times when like all the children would sit on the carpet and the teacher would sit on the little chair with a really really big like oversized book I don't know whether you ever had one of those but so basically I, I did and you know what as well like, in but my yeah, previous so... time as a teacher I was um a part of it involved me having to go into a primary school for a week just as a contrasting experience. And I've sat on that yeah. chair with a big book as well. Yeah. Tiny little chairs and a massive, great big, <laughs> giant like books. You look like a hobbit. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I had this idea that I would create this big book, literally, all about secondary school. I mean, I've still got it. It is a pride possession of mine. It's in my loft. And it is. it was basically to help prepare the year sixes to go to secondary school. So... It was an interactive book, so throughout it, there was like on the first page, there was a piece of mirrored card with the uniform of the school that they would be going to. So they would all stand and have a go at putting their face in the mirror card so they could see themselves in the uniform. <laughs> um, and then it had um, like Velcro bits in it, so they had to sort of work out where things go and they'd have to move things around. There was a page all about sort of the, you know, all the sort of stories they might have heard about what it's like to, you know, some of the sort of myths and legends almost of what it's like to be at secondary school. Yeah. Um, examples of the new lessons they might have. So it was basically just this really, really fun, interactive resource. Mm. Um, and they, they loved it. Um, and it's funny because at the time, I'm so proud of it. And I just thought, you know what, other schools could, could benefit from this. So I did actually send it off to a publisher's and I got a lovely letter back um, saying what a great resource it was, but it would just be too expensive to, to produce, you know, good luck with, you know, in the future sort of thing. What and, a missed opportunity for oh, them. I know, I know. But it's funny because it wasn't, it was somebody said to me recently, have you, has that, did that sort of give you the sort of bug to get something published? And to be honest, I'd never even thought about it, but maybe there was this tiny seed in the back of my mind thinking I'd love to make something one day that mm. actually is then produced properly and, you know, fast forward to today and obviously that's what where I am with what's your strength um, so I'd never really thought about it like that but may, maybe maybe in the back of my mind it's always been there um, but yeah so that was great fun and um, and also the other thing that that experience gave me was the sort of um, networking from afar um, because we were all so as a transition learning mentor there was just me in this particular secondary school but there were other transition learning mentors in other schools around the city so we were all sort of in isolation in our own schools but we would draw on each other to and support each other with our role because we were all doing the same job so it really encouraged me to reach out to people even if they weren't right there physically working with me so we and, and I think I've continued that throughout my career and I've never shied away from um, collaborating with people or, or reaching out more so now on things like LinkedIn. Um, even if I don't ever get to meet this person face to face, you can share so much with somebody. Um, in, and I think that experience probably sort of was the first time I did that and I've carried on doing that throughout my whole career. Um, but so when with the, the, the team of the sort of transition learning mentors around the city, we put on all sorts of um, we put a toolkit together, almost like a you know, lasting legacy, if you like. So, so after we all left, like we'd created a toolkit of all the different activities we'd all done individually in our schools, um, all the different um, sort of paperwork we put together to on a sort of a, a, strategic level so anybody doing the job in the future could literally pick up this toolkit and just run with it mm -hmm. um and we did um put on events around sort of the east midlands um of how to you know how to do the job basically so other people could um, use similar similar ideas um and again that probably was the first time i really sort of just loved this idea of sharing stuff um you know that the whole you know that phrase you know don't bother reinventing the wheel you know i think so many people work so hard create you know sort of and I, actually there's there's stuff out there and if only we shared a bit more people 
you know wouldn't have to do everything for themselves yeah. <laughs> um so yeah so that was that was just an amazing opportunity and it was during that time the things you mentioned in your little bio that was when um i was uh, the, somebody from the D, uh, department of education was visiting different schools to see how the project was going and she came to visit me and spend a day with me and it was as a result of that that they, they put me in that white paper that you mentioned right okay um so it was, yeah, so it was just, I think it was, it was just, well, I look back and I just realized how lucky I was. It was one of my first, it was my first proper, proper job. I was given so much freedom. I just created this job from scratch, made it my own, loved it with a passion. And it's just, yeah, it really set me up for a, the start of a really sort of positive career, really. Um, but yeah, so I did that for a couple of years and I, don't, I can't really remember whether, I don't whether the initiative has come to an end or maybe I was just feeling like it was time to move on, but at that point, I then went and applied for a different job back at Connections. Um, and obviously, I'd got years of experience under my belt by this point. So I went into the interview feeling much more confident um, and did end up getting that job, um, even though I thought the interview was an absolute disaster, which you know, I can remember ringing my mum afterwards and laughing, actually going, oh, my gosh, that was so awful. <laughs> There's no chance they're going to give me the job. Um, <laughs> but they did. So, you know, I obviously did something right. Um, and that really was sort of, you know, what I, like a, my sort of perfect job, really, because it was um, again, it was a new initiative within Connections. So the team itself. <laughs> snappy title was the bme ndc team <laughs> um, <laughs> rolls off the tongue um but the bme so black man ethnic groups and then ndc was new deal for communities so at the time under the labor government there was um ndc areas around the whole country which had been identified as being um particularly deprived um, and so there was one particular area in nottingham that had been classed as ndc so there was a team, there was only about eight of us in the team and we all had um, a small, relatively small caseload in connections terms anyway. And we all had a particular group to work with. So there was either, so some of us were working with a particular ethnic group. In my case, I was working with the, the geographical area within the NDC um, area. Um, and again, it was brand new. We had sort of the creative freedom to do what we wanted with our, with the team and with the job. Um, and it was just brilliant. I got the chance to do so many cool, so much cool stuff. So I, I did lots of work with the refugee and asylum seeker community in Nottingham. Um, I did loads with, I sort of fell, fell into working with teenage parents, which I just, just adored. And I will hold in my heart forever some of the, some of the, the young women I worked with. They were just remarkable. And and I think, again, sort of reflecting back on my career as I have been doing this week, that I think was probably one of the first seeds for What's Your Strength? Because working with these young women who just, their everyday lives were so challenging and they were coping so well um, and had, had to sort of build on so many sort of personal qualities and, and skills and strengths to, to, to do what they were doing but they couldn't recognize it. They couldn't see it about themselves. And I think right from then, I've sort of always had this determination to, to help young people see themselves in a more positive light. Um, but yeah, so, I, so there was a, with, with those teenage parents, I, I, there was a, a little school in Nottingham at the time called Beckhampton. Um, Nottingham at the time had the highest, one of the highest um, rates of teenage pregnancy in the whole of Europe, I think. So there was some specialist um, hostels for teenage parents. There was also a little mini school that was uh, like a pupil referral unit, especially for the young mums or uh, girls that were pregnant. And they were it was just such an amazing place to work. So they would they had a little nursery attached to it. So the like the babies would be in the nursery. The the young women would be you know in the, the main teaching area doing their you know geography coursework or whatever. Um, mm. And then every so often they'd go off and you know tend to their babies and then they'd come back. It was just the most inclusive way of and allowing these young women to continue with their education in a really positive way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I used to work with them in their education settings, but also in their hospital uh, supported housing as well. Um, so, yeah, so that was just, what was amazing. Um, and then that the funding of that project, like all these amazing things, came to an end, unfortunately. So I then was just sort of moved around the company um, to different teams, um, all always young people. So 
uh, there were adult teams within the company, but I was always with young people. And, and I was there for, gosh, I can't remember now. It was probably 10 years or something like that. But during that time, I also became a mum. So I'm sort of two lots of maternity leave. Um, I um, also, one of my little <laughs> going off pieced was I trained in British Sign Language. Um, partly because of so my first daughter, when I was on maternity leave with her, uh, she... Uh, we did this thing called Tiny Talk, which is basically uh, sign language for babies um, mm -hmm. because they can sign, sign well before they can speak. Uh, so, and she just really took to it. By the time she was two, she had like hundreds and hundreds of signs. Mm -hmm. It was incredible. And I just fell in love with it. So I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to, why not? I'm going to train in that. So I did level one and level two in British Sign Language. And at that point I was thinking, oh, is this where my career is going to take me? And, you know, I sort of went and did a little bit of work with connections in the, the deaf school in Derby, thinking, you know, maybe that could go in that direction. Um, and again, just instinctively thought it wasn't right. I can't pinpoint what it was, but I just thought, no, I'll just leave it as this, this lovely, lovely thing that I've learned. Um, but then, so when I was at Connections and my, my role changed a lot, I was in more of a mainstream role at that point. So I had to then go through all the, um, the, the proper sort of careers qualification while I was there to bring me up to what's called the, the level six standard. So I did that. Um, and then I just felt like it was time to move on. Um, I've been feeling it for quite a long time. Um, it just never been the right time for the maternity leave. So I did a sideways move initially to an employability team within the company. And so I was working with young adults, it was 18 to 24 unemployed young adults um, in what was called the pre-traineeship um, programme. So if you think of like, I don't know how, right, you probably know this, but so you've got obviously apprenticeships, prior to apprenticeships, you've got, oh, hello, Hugo, hello, Hugo. Hugo, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, prior to apprenticeships, you've got something called uh, traineeships, if you're not quite ready for apprenticeships yet. So this was a pre-traineeship programme, so it was people who aren't, weren't ready yet for apprenticeships, uh, sorry, for traineeships. Um, so loved the job. It was a really nice change to work with adults, actually, with young adults. Um, but it was a very, very challenging year for me because of a, a relationship I had with a, the, the manager of the team. Um, I'll just leave that there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was a really difficult, really difficult year. Mm. And it, unfortunately, it made me sort of, I, it sort of shattered my confidence really. It also sort of made me sort of fall out of love with the, the whole career. Mm. Um, and I just thought I have to, I'd need to leave. It was making me ill. Um, my husband just said, look, this, this is it. You've been saying it for long enough. Let, you know, it's time to leave. Yeah. And actually it, an opportunity came up for redundancy. Um, and I didn't think they'd give it to me. So I, but I just went for it and they said yes, which sort of I was stunned about. Um, so it gave me a little bit of time to, to have a little bit of time out. I had just enough money to sort of cover myself for about three months. And I just, I did that. I just had literally took three months off um, to spend a little bit of time with my girls and had some headspace. And it just, it really sort of showed to me how much I, how much you can gain from having time and space because once you've emptied your head with day-to-day -day clutter it's amazing what ideas will come to you without even want, without even trying yeah and uh you know it was a difficult time there was real mixed emotions I was really excited about the future but quite upset about what happened really confused about what to do next um like I said at that point I really thought I was going to give up my career in careers <laughs> um and we I was visiting family in, in Wales and it was literally like this epiphany moment on the beach in Wales when I just thought, I'm going to train as a massage therapist. I love my, I've always loved massage sort of in terms of friends and family, but I don't know what I'm doing. I just, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm going to do that. So I went, get, came back home to Nottingham and I thought, right, I need to take some action. You know, I'm not, not going to wallow anymore. And so I turned the tables on myself completely and went to have my own, careers advice meeting back at connections um, but with the adult team and I can't remember his surname but Richard his name was Richard if you're listening you're amazing um, <laughs> honestly this you know like there are certain people that might only drop into your life 
very momentarily, but the impact they have is huge. Yeah. And he just was exactly the person I needed at that exact time. He was so, he was just brilliant. He was the best type of careers advisor. Um, you know, careers advisors don't always get a great name. Um, you know, I know that being one. <laughs> um, he just was remarkable. And so I had about three sessions with him. Um, I signed up to the job center at that point and um, had my sort of careers advisor research hat on for myself and research and research and research um, massage opportunities and found uh, a local lady who did, who did training. So, um, so I, did, I did exactly that. Um, I, I, I did my training in, uh, so I did had to do anatomy and physiology um, and I did um, sort of Swedish body massage, Indian head massage, hot stone massage, all sorts of different things. And, but at that point I was, money was starting to run out and I thought I need to be able to fund this career change uh, so I got back in touch with somebody I used to work with many many moons ago who'd set up her own company called Ideas for Careers and um, she, she uh, sort of everyone that works with her is are all freelance so we're kind of associate careers advisors so it was a case of if she was like, oh why don't you come and do some work for me and um, so at that point I was just thinking well, I can just do that to basically make a bit of money to support this complete career change I'm doing and that was my intention but that wasn't what the universe had planned for me <laughs> um, mm -hmm. because when I started doing this my careers work again and with ideas for careers and Michelle the lady the director um, she similarly to my very first manager experience which was so positive was so um, had so much sort of respect for me and what I did was so encouraging of, of me and i I realized, and it really, um, I felt like my, I regained my confidence and my self-esteem, realized actually I did have skills in this area and it would be a shame to, to forget about them. So I made this huge U-turn and, uh, and went back, sort of, sort of threw myself back into careers work because I just fell back in love with it and realized how much I just love working with young people. Um, but then it's funny because that little experience I had with training in massage therapy was such a positive one. I still do it. I still do do some massage. I've got some regular clients who I go to and do on a sort of mobile basis. But that experience has opened up this like other sort of world to me. And I've met some incredible people um, during that experience. And one of the most positive things that to come out of it is um, something, some, again, this is where my volunteering sort of comes back in, uh, is with the Teenage Cancer Trust for an event they hold twice a year called Find Your Sense of Tumour. And it is absolutely incredible. And they have a weekend away for under 18s and then the same thing for over 18s. And basically the way I got involved in it is through my massage because they have a team of, sort of complementary therapists who go along and offer treatments to the, to the young people while they're on this weekend. Um, so I got involved and, and when I first heard about it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is my two worlds colliding. This is like all my love of working with young people and this newfound love of massage all in one. This is just too good to, to miss. So I did that and now I do both the events twice a year and I, I can't imagine not doing it now. And it's almost like that's, that's in my life's plan forever now. It just, I just love it. It's one of the highlights of my year. Um, so I'm really glad that I did that. And then also through my massage, one of the people, one of my clients that I massage, long-winded, twisted tail, but he, he's a graphics designer and it was through meeting him through my massage he is the graphic designer for my watch your strength and it's just been this really really weird when i look back where i am now with watch your strength it absolutely would not have happened if i'd not been made redundant gone down the massage route worked for ideas of career there's all these different things that happened that i guarantee needed to happen otherwise i wouldn't be where i am and it's just yeah, it's been quite interesting to look back at it. Yeah. So yeah, so to I've just absolutely love what I'm doing. Well, to be honest, I've loved my job most throughout most of my career actually. Mm. Um, but so yeah, so, so in terms of what, so that brings you kind of up to where I am now. Um, 
but the Watch Your Strength, which is obviously the most recent development, came about about a year or so ago when, I mean, I've always created resources, thinking back to my big book. Um, yeah. And then also in my careers work, I mean, I've got like a, a, a little mini, one of those little sort of trolley dolly suitcases that they have in the airports. I've got one of those that I, I trundle along with. Um, it's full of worksheets and card activities and felt it pens and blue tack and post-its that goes with me everywhere um and so i've always created stuff um just for my own use really i mean i've always shared it with i mean like i said i'm, I'm a believer in sharing stuff and so i've always sort of shared it with um, team members and colleagues and then obviously there's the example that you said at the beginning about the resource that i shared with national careers week mm-hmm. um but there was this uh, this idea i had for Watch Your Strength, it didn't have a name at the time. Um, but I was talking to um, a sort of colleague and a, a friend. We'd done a YouTube video together about um, career theory and, and practical <laughs> methods. And after we'd done the video, I'd said to her, I said, well, actually, I've got this other new idea. Can I just show it to you and see what you think? And so I showed it to her and she was like, oh, that's great, that, that's marketable. And because of who she is, she's very well respected in the careers community. So uh, Leanne Hamley, her name is. Um, and because I think, because it was her that said it, I just thought, hmm, maybe it is. Who, you know, who knows? So I just thought, well, I'll, I'll, I'll see. I'll, you know, and I thought I need to test it out a little bit first on young people because if they don't think it's useful, it's, you know, it's no point. So I just made a like little mock-up and it's just some little card, bits of cardboard that I cut out out of my daughter's craft set and it's all just my own handwriting but it's basically what it is today but just a like a draft version and I started using it in school and the response was just brilliant and it was just fantastic to see young people benefiting from it so I just thought okay I'm gonna I'm gonna do this properly and you know fast forward to where I am now I went through months of researching you know plastic boxes to put the cards in and Mm -hmm. the insurance that comes with it I mean the amount of random things I had to to research along the way um but yeah and then it is what it is today so I I launched the the activity itself in September and it's just it's exceeded my expectations you know I've got I'm selling them all over the country now um and the people are going out of their way to like contact me to say what a fantastic resource it is and how it's making these young people feel you know people are talking about young people um walking out of their the room two inches taller smiling to it you know put chest puffed out feeling really great about themselves and i just I'd, i hadn't anticipated that happening i was just like i've made this little activity i'm going to use it in school and it's going to make people feel good great I hadn't thought about the fact that hundreds of other people would be doing the same thing with hundreds of other young people and it's just I found it slightly over. I mean, it's, I've been brought to tears more than once when I've read some of the testimonials because I just think, oh, it, yeah, I just hadn't thought about the fact it would benefit so many people. Um, so, yeah, so who knows? I've got so many ideas of where I might take it next, but that's, you know, that's when you're doing season three and I'll come back as a return guest. Ah, <laughs> I was about to say so. What, but there we go. We've got a cliffhanger for everybody. I love it. So, um, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's so, like, great to hear everything that you've done um, to, to kind of just highlight that. Because I'm, I'm, I've been taking notes as you go in to help me kind of in terms of writing it up for the mm. website and things afterwards. But just like, I've even, I mean, I'm kind of almost in a way mirroring what I've seen and I'll share on social of you, of you doodling with your Sharpies and everything and yeah. drawing my own little Catherine tail <laughs> on my pad here. Um, what would you say? So you, you obviously spend a huge amount of time working with young people, specifically with, with the What's Your Strengths cards and everything now as well. Mm. What would you, if you had to give one piece of careers advice to anybody, and you can target it just to young people if you mm-hmm. like, but what would be your, your best piece of career advice for um, the listeners to take away today? See, I knew you were going to ask this because you always mm-hmm. ask this. And I tried really hard to, to think of one and I, I, got, <laughs> I managed to get it to four. Um, <laughs> I've got it on one of my little mind maps in front of me. Um, so can I think one? So, okay, so if it was going to be... Share them all. If you want to share them all, go for it. Yeah, well, they're kind of... And then, and then, then say which ex- one you think yeah. is the most, is the best one, maybe. To some extent, they kind of overlap. So, two, so one of them is very much about trusting your instincts. Um, mm-hmm. That's not necessarily something... I've always done really well. I'm getting much better at it. Um, 
because I think, I can't remember which of you guessed, it might have been Lorna from My Oh My actually, I can't remember, but um, somebody said this about, you know, if it feels right or, or if it feels wrong, it probably is. Um, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. yeah, and I say that to young people an awful lot and a lot of the activities I do with young people is to try and get to that gut instinct. You know, we can research, we can do, weigh up pros and cons, we can drive ourselves mad doing that. Mm-hmm. If you really listen to your trust, your instinct and 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 feel how it feels like do you have a like a physiological reaction to something you know in terms of you know we we all know how you know when something great is happening how it physically makes us feel you know and also the opposite if if, Mm. if we're in a situation if we walk into a room and we're not happy there you know you physically feel that you know and if you've got an idea or something that you explore and you go and visit a college or you go to a job interview or what you know reading up a job advert if it feels wrong or if it makes you feel great and excited about it then I think you need to listen to that um and and it's because of that sort of the other thing that I think it links is sort of almost sort of planting those seeds because things might not feel right but it might not feel right at that moment doesn't mean it won't be right later so I think if you've got sort of ideas um you know it's almost planting those seeds just keeping them there however whatever works for you whether it's journaling post-it notes recording your voice whatever just sort of so you've got this sort of record of your ideas that you might return to later but it's not a failure if you don't do it there and then um because sometimes actually waiting until the time's right will will make it more successful once you do do it does that make sense yeah totally does Yeah. yeah Yeah. So yeah, so it's that's kind of two, but molded into one. So I didn't nice. kind of give you one. <laughs> no. I, I mean, I think it, it's a, a really good way of bringing those two together as well. And I would absolutely that there's that trust in the process bit that for yeah. myself as well, and knowing kind of like why I, why I decided to start the podcast in the first place, but also as well my own journey that I've gone through becoming self-employed and setting up a business. Like you do have to just go with your gut sometimes. Mm um and and be prepared for it going right or it going wrong but Um, i think it's almost i I almost don't think there's such thing as it going wrong because whatever you know you learn something from that so you know how often does things seemingly go wrong Mm -hmm. but actually the learning process that you go through is so um so important and so valuable that actually you know what not to do next time so actually it hasn't been a negative um you can't always see that at the time and i appreciate that um yeah but looking back later i think you can often you can reflect on that yeah yeah totally and i, I think like i just pick up on that because i think with with the amount of work that you do with young people do you feel like they are equipped for for mistakes and how to deal with them and the positive side of them or is there a lot more that employers say could be doing to support that because I often feel there is yeah to be honest I don't I I think well I think it's uh, employers but I also think it's the education system as a whole Um, I think they're not necessarily always equipped before getting to the employment stage Mm -hmm. um yes I think there's things employers could do once they're there but I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot that we could be doing to to prepare them before they get to that point um a good point mm. yeah yeah good, that that's probably a whole of the record yeah i was gonna say i was I, everything i'm about to say i'm thinking that's, that's <laughs> opening up too big a conversation but i'll just yeah. kind of sort of yeah put that out there i've got my own thoughts and, and and feelings on that um and actually to be honest that is a lot to do with why i did watch your strength because you know there is so many targets out there on and so much pressure on young people and it's very easy to look outwardly at what you're not doing and what you're not achieving and the targets you haven't yet met yeah so it it's so important that they look inwardly positively and look at what they do in their everyday lives and that could be something as simple as you know so on the cards themselves you know it's got simple things like cooking for friends and family now, if you break that down into what that means, you, there are multiple skills and qualities that you have to have to do that. Um, so I'm so determined. So 
give young people the opportunity to look at their lives and what they do and realize that that means that they are they have they have strengths and, and make them feel not only comfortable talking about them but actually want to want to celebrate them want mm. you know um rather than that's not very british oh no i'm not allowed to say what i'm good at it's like <laughs> you know what shout about it celebrate it you know um so it's hopefully allowing young people the chance to to see for themselves that they they are wonderful amazing human beings <laughs> yeah i love that gosh yeah i can't wait to see where you take this next so when <laughs> when do you find out about the um the oh, awards? That's so, so uh 11th of march 11th um of march. so yeah so posh dinner posh brock and um <laughs> Yeah, so I'm dead excited, really, really excited. So in fact, the, the lady I told you about who I did the YouTube video with who sort of uh, sent me on this road with What's Your Strength, um, uh, I can't big her up enough, actually. Leanne Hamley's amazing, but she she nominated, she was the one that nominated me. So um, yeah, re- really excited. I, I will let you know how it goes. I'm sure that social media will know all about how it goes. <laughs> Oh, yeah, great. Thank you so much for your time today, Catherine. Can I just say one thing that's really weird for me is not asking the question. My job is to ask questions. (laughs) I am desperate to ask you questions. I'm really having to bite my lip. There's so many things I want to ask, reflect back on you. So at what point in your career did this? And what do you think? And I'm like, I'm not allowed. That isn't what this is about. (laughs) Ask me me one question. Ask me one question. question. Um, Okay. What can you pinpoint a moment when you realized that teaching wasn't what you were going to continue doing yeah i can um it was i mean there's there's a a piece here around the route that i took into teaching so i did the teach first program so i kind of i went into that with a this is a minimum two-year commitment and an opportunity for me to have a go at teaching Mm. it had always been something that i'd I'd had an aspiration towards, but not kind of really wanted to commit to. Mm. But I'd had so many people say, you're so good with young people and you'd make a great speaker in terms of talking in front of groups of young people. Why don't you give it a go? And the way that it was um, kind of sold to me on campus um, with, uh, with Teach First when I was back at Durham Uni all those years ago just positioned it nicely because it had that social mobility angle with it yeah. and the educational disadvantage bit that spoke to my own lived experience. I mean I don't feel like I'm educationally disadvantaged but I'm sitting here talking to you today looking out of my parents house that I'm, I'm staying at for a couple of weeks whilst they're on holiday with noisy Hugo for everybody that's listening. <laughs> Thank you for uh, interjecting it uh, throughout and just staring out at field after field after mm. field, which is great, but it's very isolated and you yeah, get very different yeah. educational experience. And having been in the classroom in a inner city London school, I definitely saw that difference. Mm. Um, but going back to what you were saying, um, you know, I'm going off my own twist and turn. <laughs> um, it's, I suppose at the end of the first year, I'd... I kind of fell out of love with the education system Mm. and I found the curriculum for geography that I was teaching incredibly restrictive Mm. and I think there's a lot that you were saying that kind of kind of sings to my own Mm. kind of um, reason for being and what I get a a kick out of around that creativity Mm. and there were moments when I I tried, I felt like I tried really, really hard to bring geography to life in the classroom. Let's say, for example, if you were looking, as I am again out of the window at the moment, at Storm Dennis that's creeping in, um, of how that could relate to what might be seen in the news with floods and the damage that it was having environmentally and on humans and being able to bring that into the classroom as it happened. Mm. Yeah. Almost like in in the way that news gets shown to us. Yeah, well, that's what I mean, with geography, that's great. I mean, it's constant, it's changing all the time, isn't it? Exactly. But there either wasn't that flexibility in the curriculum to be able to do that, or it was something that I was kind of told was something that they, that a child learns at a particular age and a particular time in their educational journey and that it should wait, even though mm. it's a good opportunity. 
Um, now the clock's going as well. Couldn't it? <laughs> um, but um, yeah, and I think that was what it was. And it was actually, do you know what? Like there must be other other ways that I feel I can have an impact and mm. bring my creative flair and my passion. Mm. And when I, in the same way that you've just beautifully told kind of your career story there, when I talk to my own as well, I can see that thread of young people going through everything mm. that I do. And I've, I've used that as my kind of guiding compass yeah. in terms of me being like, right, okay, am I, no matter what I'm doing, am I happy? And, mm. and it was, it was just a, a, a kind of one of those things when I, I was made redundant as well as mm. part of my journey and ended up working at, at EY that led me to that eight year career that really focused on apprenticeships and brought it really back into young people and careers and stuff. So, mm. um, that's a very long answer to the question. Yeah, no. But it's just um, thing I heard yeah. you saying to somebody the other day on one of your podcasts about uh, when some when you you know when people leave to branch out and do something new, people oh gosh you're so brave. Mm. And somebody in one of the schools I work in the other day was telling me that they were leaving, and she was looking quite nervous, and she said, "Oh, you know, people keep telling me I'm brave," and I said. Well, I think you are. I said, but can I just slightly put a different tone on it? I said, because lots of people said to me the same thing. Oh, gosh, you're brave. I said, but that's there's a slight sort of almost fear underneath that. I was like, can I say to you, gosh, you're so brave. That's fantastic. Because I think bravery sometimes people are like, oh, oh, you're brave. Like that you should, you're sure about that. Whereas I think actually if you put a slightly different so almost reframe that courage is like oh gosh that's so exciting and brave you want to make change i think so almost the word brave sometimes can make people feel a little bit nervous like oh i don't know whether i can be brave so like, yes you can you absolutely yeah. can be <laughs> yeah no you, you're absolutely right and then that feeds into imposter syndrome and all sorts of things mm. that i've experienced where i yeah. kind of just sit and think do you know what like what am i doing i'm like i'm, I'm a bonkers yeah <laughs> i'll be doing this and yeah. then you just have that kind of the serenity then washes over and you go no i'm fine yeah. do you know what like it's something that said somebody once said to me i think it was the end of at the end of the decade as it was um just a few months ago of kind of like but but did you die mm. and just like well no i'm still standing yeah. and they're just like well do you know what like carry on as long as um as long as i'm happy doing something mm. and what i'm pursuing isn't negatively impacting on others mm. i feel like i'm i'm content with that journey yeah. at the moment and maybe it's a stage of life thing maybe it's yeah. just a certain sense of security or tr really get into to know yourself and trust mm. in that process but i wouldn't change it for the world at the moment mm. and it's reframing what success is as well isn't it you know because success comes in many forms it's not it doesn't have to be financial um obviously you need to have enough money to, to be comfortable you know and to, to live the life you want to live but it you know it's it's looking at what does success mean to you you know if is that yeah. having you know the freedom to be able to work at home the mm -hmm. freedom to be able to work creatively um to you know what what do you value and are, are you achieving that in which case you're successful yeah. um it doesn't have to be material or financial does it no it doesn't gosh right okay well thanks again for um, for welcome. joining me um this week on the pod and thanks to thank um, you welcome and um, thanks to, to everybody for listening to the my career story podcast today don't forget to subscribe via your preferred um, listening platforms and if you like what you've heard so far um, then do take that time to leave a review it really does um, mean a lot to me um, I'm going to include some links through on the website um, through to Catherine's great work. Um, and in also as well, if you know anybody with a career story that they'd like to share, um, including yourself, if you're listening, then get in touch. So I will um, see you next week. So bye for now.